Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to What Women Must Know. Thank you for joining me for another wonderful conversation. This show is all about having great conversations. It's about providing you with more insight, more knowledge. I always like to say the show is really about empowering you with truthful information so you can make informed decisions. And I'm a firm believer of providing lots of good knowledge, wisdom, experience, and then letting you choose the path that you need to take. Because no one knows what the path is for each of us. And um, I, I just know that the more we have an open mind, the more we remain curious, the more we will expand our understanding, knowledge, and education. And from there, we make the best decisions possible. And... Uh, I also want to say, if you're listening for the very first time, first of all, welcome. I hope you'll be joining me every week because I do have wonderful guests like today's guest. And if you would like to get the archived programs, not only from What Women Must Know, but also from the other podcast I do on this network, which is called The Love Code, which is a spiritual show. So we have spiritual teachers, spiritual um, journeys that people have. It's always inspirational, uplifting, and taps us back into the power to heal and love and transform ourselves. And all you have to do if you like these archive shows is either go to my Facebook page, which is What Women Must Know, or you can go to my website, which is Dr. Cheryl Selman, that's D-R, CherylSelman.com, and subscribe to my newsletter there, and I send all these shows out along with other great information that I share over the, the days and weeks. So I hope you'll be joining me and, and uh, become part of my community. Okay, let's jump into our topic today because it's a really relevant topic. We're talking about brain-healthy tips to reduce your risk of dementia with my guest, Susan Gibson. And I am particularly excited to have this conversation today because we are all concerned about our uh, brain fitness and our memory and how to optimize our capacity to use this amazing organ we have. And uh, Susan has so much knowledge. So just let me share a little bit about her. Susan Gibson has won multiple awards for her work helping people regain their lives and confidence through improved memory and brain health. Watching her mother's devastating decline into, into dementia gave her passion to apply her pharmacy degree, Harvard MBA, functional nutrition certification, and 30 years of experience developing new healthcare products to now providing education and supplements that have helped numerous patients lead full lives with clarity of mind for years to come. She is on a mission to help millions of people using natural solutions and encourages starting early. Although these resources help at any age, at rather at any stage of memory loss, um, she is really passionate about her programs, and she has developed, has formulated a memory support product called Levolor, and we'll be talking more about that. So uh, we will have solutions to optimize your brain health as well as strategies to help us stay brain fit. So Susan, 
It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome to What Women Must Know. Thank you so much, Dr. Shulman. It's so wonderful to be here. I appreciate it. Well, you are such a wealth of wisdom on this topic, obviously. You have an amazing wealth of knowledge and a wealth of resources that you no doubt have gathered over the 30 years or more. I'd like us to begin this conversation with your journey and how your your purpose unfolded in life to bring you to the work that you are doing now. Yes. So I'm very much doing a passion and mission now. I spent 30 years in traditional industry roles. Um, as you mentioned, I'm a, a pharmacist and MBA by training, and I worked at pharmaceutical and medical device companies for over 30 years, and my mother is really the person I'm the closest to in the world. I always consider her to be my best friend. She was the person I called and talked to about everything, and as she got older, when I was alone with her, she would look at me and say, who are you? I'd say, I'm your daughter. And she'd say, well, is everyone going to show up and say they're my kid? And she didn't remember anything about me. So having her be the closest person to me just accentuated the uh, the pain of slowly losing her. And this was really when she only had moderate memory loss, that she didn't recognize me anymore. And, of course, it progressed from there. So I thought, well, I work in the industry. I'm going to find some solutions and was quite surprised to find that there is very little that's offered and very little hope that's offered. So I actually quit my job and prayed that God would show me the solution to memory loss. You mentioned your spiritual journeys, and that's been part of my journey. And then did what I had done for the past 30 years. I reviewed the scientific literature. I went to all of the scientific and medical conferences and talked to the experts and started researching the arena and was a bit to surprise, surprised to find that for many years we have known about some solutions to memory loss, but they haven't been communicated very well. And so my passion now. I also formulated the supplement that has the most scientific evidence on its ingredients and it's all natural and um, generally regarded as safe. The ingredients are by the FDA. So I'm on a mission to help people keep their memory and to help educate society that there are things that we can do about our memory. Many people feel like well, there's nothing I can do. It's just going to get bad as I get older. And this is a really relevant topic for women because women are very disproportionately impacted by memory loss and dementia. And um, so it's it's a great topic. There are things that you can do. There is hope. There's always hope. There's always there there are always solutions. I have found. I want to I want to go back to your to your mother. How, when did you notice that your mother 
was having issues with memory? Yeah, well, it started with small things, um, misplacing items. I, I actually live 2,000 miles away from my parents, so my dad, who was in his late 80s, was her main caregiver at the time. But we would call, and she would say, I don't know where I am. And I would describe the view from her living room, and she would say, yes, yes, and so it was progressive. She would put things in the microwave and turn the microwave on for 400 minutes. Everything was misplaced. I mean, we would get everything out for dinner. We had guests, and we were all ready to eat, and we'd just gotten the salad dressing out. Just set it down. Where'd it go? And the next day, we would find it in the glasses cupboard. You know, you never had – it's it's chaos because you never know – what is going to happen? Um, she was a danger to herself and others. There were lots of stories about the man behind her chair, and someone came in and stole all her jewelry. I mean, just completely fictitious things that she would start talking about. So it's very sad. Personality changes. Um, my mother's very warm and welcoming and she was more irritable, and some of it's trying to cover up. She would fake it very well. Many of her friends didn't know, um, but especially when you got alone with her, you know, she would she would ask the honest question like, "I don't know who you are." So I'm sure yeah. you've seen similar examples. So a lot of um, what my mother went through is is pretty common. And it so got worse from there, unfortunately. Uh, and Susan, did she have a diagnosis? Well, she did eventually. Eventually, she was um, in the in the memory ward and was diagnosed with dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, all the things I was saying was while she was still living independently um, with my dad, and you know she was just in the other building when she was. Um, in the memory ward. But so she progressed through the whole series. Her, her friends actually admitted to me that they prayed that she would pass in the end because she had no quality of life, didn't get out of the bed, took two people mm -hmm. to wipe her fanny. I mean, it's, it's, it's humiliating. The main lesson mm -hmm. is you don't want to lose your memory. It's like the most important thing, the control center for everything. So it's worth investing ourselves in taking care of our brains and our memory. Oh, absolutely. Very sad. I just, I have one other question. Do you have any, any thoughts at all as to what might have precipitated your mother going down this path? Were there any like head injuries? Or was there yeah. anything that, and your research has linked this potential, you know, manifestation of, of, of decline connected to something else that happened to her or with her or for her? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, I mean, there's many uh, 
different potential causes, but my mother, their um, apartment in the retirement community was on the third floor, and she fell when she was walking down the stairs and um, had a concussion, and her face was all purple and green, and um, and I believe that she had some head trauma at that point in time. Her decline was also pretty rapid. I mean, some people, unfortunately, have dementia for 10 to 20 years, and it is harder to take care of someone with dementia than it is a baby because, I mean, my mother would panic if my dad was out of view, even if he was in the room right next door. I mean, she literally could not be left alone for a second. And this is in the moderate memory loss stage. This is long before she was diagnosed with dementia and Alzheimer's disease. So, um, yeah, I, I do think that that her head trauma was part of why she had part of why she got the dementia and why it was a pretty accelerated case. Yeah, so it's so interesting the the, the history of things that happen to us, whether it's um, a fall or whether it's a, um, a, a you know a whiplash, you know, car accident. But it's always um, it's always so interesting to me to look at the pieces that have never really been properly addressed uh, mm-hmm. at the time, and mm-hmm. how you know, like with brain with with a fall and you hit your head and some trauma to the brain and there's inflammation and there's damage that goes on. That unless you understand how to uh, repair the brain exactly. uh, through either nutrition or through craniosacral yep. work or chiropractic, right? It's like a it's like a trauma that never yeah well that has consequences. Let's just say down the track. Yeah. Yes. And there were other things that contributed as well because um, uh, her diet was not great and um, she was she was active, but um, she was a homemaker for um, all of my brother and I's life. So she probably wasn't as actively using her brain as she could have, even though she did play bridge and did get some amount of exercise. She didn't exercise a lot. So I think um, there are additional things that probably helped to set her up for um, being more inclined. And, you know, she was in her late 80s by then. And um, some statistics show that 50% of people 85 and above have dementia. Some some show it's one in three instead of one in two, but it's um, unfortunately quite common in our elder years. It doesn't have to be. A lot of that is lifestyle related, but um, but there were things mm-hmm. that set her up to be having the inflammation and uh, free radicals in her brain that are causing some of the damage and are kind of the terrain in which the memory loss develops. You know, before we get into some of your um, tips uh, and, um, and the nutrition and your product, I, I'd like us to talk a little bit about why women are more vulnerable to dementia than men. 
Yes, yes. It's it's a great question. Um, so two-thirds of dementia cases are women, and women are more than two-thirds of the caregivers for people with dementia. So women are very disproportionately impacted. And some piece of that is because women have a longer life expectancy than men do. But you can very clearly calculate how much is accounted for by that longevity difference, and that is not the total of the story. That is a a small piece of it. Um, there are groups that are studying this to try and better understand why women are disproportionately impacted. Some of it is the hormones um, and many people when they go through menopause notice that they get foggy brain and um, cognitive issues as part of menopause and the lack of hormones after going through menopause is a, a significant contributor but they're still doing work to fully understand the differences. Women also um, seem to have an earlier onset and be a little bit more susceptible to some of the issues. So it's ongoing research to fully understand it. Um, but if you're a woman, also there's um, cancer. Many people who have cancer, about 70% of them say they have some kind of memory or thinking or attention issues and chemo brain uh is common so with the rates of breast cancer there's many women um, both with cancer and going through chemotherapy and that can contribute to the issue as well i know it's multifactorial there's so many things that you know, can impact your brain more than people even realize such as the health of your gut right is oh, a yes. major factor in how your yes. brain functions and who knew yes. that you know, a few years ago. Yes. So, so yeah, I'd be really uh, curious to hear, Susan, from your research. Let's talk about some of those risk factors, and then we can talk about some of the strategies that you offer and, and nutrition that you recommend to uh, to help us stay brain healthy. Or if we are noticing we have some memory issues, the kinds of support that we really need to get, you know, proactive with to make sure that we keep our brain functioning 100%. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, well, unfortunately, many of the highly prevalent chronic diseases present a risk for um, memory loss as well. And the brain is an organ. It's connected to the rest of our body. So what's going on with the rest of our body impacts our brain. And in fact, our, although our brain is small, it's only 2% of our total body weight, it utilizes over 20% of the nutrients. So what you're putting into your body is disproportionately impacting your brain. But many of these uh, diseases and conditions are huge risk factors. So obesity actually increases your risk of getting dementia five times. Having depression in the past or currently increases your risk 
four times compared to someone who hasn't had a history or present depression and cardiovascular disease and sleep apnea and diabetes and high blood pressure, all more than double your risk. So these are not small. This is not like a 10% increase in your risk. These are multiples, and many people have more than one of these. So if you have any of those conditions, it only increases. Another thing that increases your risk, um, like I myself have a family history with my mother having had dementia, so I'm five times at five times greater risk than someone who does not have a family history. Now, you can't do much about your family history or your genetics, but these other um, conditions are addressable, and it's advisable not only for the condition itself, but for the risk that it puts on your brain, the risk of cognitive decline, um, it's worth paying attention to them. But there are many things that you can do. There are many natural things that you can do to address those risks, as well as to um, address the risk of memory loss itself. And at Vivalor, we study what has scientific evidence that it helps improve memory and prevent dementia. But many of the things that help with preventing dementia help with other aspects of your health as well. So one of the most powerful things you can do is just moving more, physical activity. And there's tons and tons of studies showing how powerful exercise is. But it's important to realize that this doesn't have to be massive exercise. We're not talking about running a marathon. Any amount of movement that you can do makes a difference. That activity helps to bring blood flow to your brain and oxygen to your brain. They've actually shown that physical activity helps to grow new neurons and it's releasing those feel-good neurotransmitters. They've even shown exercise to increase the size of your brain. And one study showed that 30-minute brisk walks three times a week or more reduce the risk of dementia by 46%. That's cut it in half. And 30-minute brisk walks, that's very doable. So finding a walking group, um, you're in a great area for walking the beaches, and anything you can find to increase your activity is great. Another study separated. Wait, wait, wait! Can I can I uh-huh, just jump sure. in? Yes. Why is that? Why why is brisk walking or exercise considered uh, a strategy to either prevent, uh, you know, impaired memory or to improve it? What what goes on that facilitates that kind of outcome? Well, again, I think bringing the um, the blood flow and oxygen and nutrients to the brain, you're getting your blood flow moving and the blood is going to the brain. Um, the release of the neurotransmitters. It, exercise also helps with addressing almost all of the risk factors. So it's 
it's helping to reduce stress. It improves your blood cholesterol profile and your blood pressure and even depression and obesity. So I think it's having a very broad impact. Um, But again, the things that are impacting your body are disproportionately impacting your brain because of the extent to which your brain is utilizing the nutrients. Um, So, I mean, it's stimulating your neurotransmitters. It helps stimulate your neurons. You're also, you're using your brain. I mean, the act of walking requires balance. You're paying attention to the things that are going on around you. So you're you're using your brain to do any kind of activity. Um, so you're, it's engaging your brain as well as um, helping to get the the nutrients and everything flowing. So it, it's a it's a very profound thing. Our bodies were meant to move. Um, so I, I think it's very broad in its impacts. But what about uh, just staying on the exercise side of things? So, I mean, does cardiovascular do the same effect? Does weightlifting? Does you know? Are we just talking about um, understanding that we need to exercise? We need to build our strength, our balance. Are all of those factors? Um, essential, you know, an essential piece of this journey, because there are many pieces to this journey. Yes, absolutely. Um, So it is important to get your heart rate up. That's part of the reason that the 30-minute brisk walks, they need to be um, fast enough that you're getting some stimulation. You're you're getting your heart uh, pumping and increasing your heart rate a little bit. So the, the Cardiovascular exercise is the most important, but studies are now showing that having some combination of some strength training with the cardiovascular is the best. So you do want to be building some um, some increase in your muscle tone by doing some um, resistance type work as well. But I think the cardiovascular yeah. is a lot of it. Right. You know, and, and as we have this conversation, it's really looking at all the factors about how we live our life that yeah. are essential for, for maintaining a healthy brain. Because the truth of the matter, is, and as we explore this conversation more, is and I think that everything about our 21st century living sets us up to have this epidemic yeah. of memory loss and dementia, don't you think? Totally. I think that's exactly the takeaway. And and that's the reason that um, memory loss is preventable is that it is due to a lot of the lifestyle things that we have going on. You know, they have the blue zones. I'm sure you're familiar with. There's um, five different areas on the globe where they've found that people live into their hundreds and they are still healthy and they have no cognitive decline. So those blue zones have helped to identify the fact that 
we may see a lot of people having memory issues, but it's not a requirement that you lose your memory when you're getting older. And we study the blue zones to understand what they're doing from a lifestyle standpoint because something they're doing is working. And you're exactly right. It's the the lifestyle that we are adopting is, is not good for our brains or our bodies. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, I, and that's why it's so important to have this conversation, to help people make better choices now, <laughs> now in their lives, and understand yeah. that uh, how, how we're choosing to live and what we're choosing to eat and, uh, you know, how we're choosing to deal with our health issues and, you know, our, our lifestyle, everything matters if we want to look after our well-being, including our our cognitive well-being, right? We we really need to understand that and get serious about making changes. And you know, we're we're in a time of the year where people are yeah. <laughs> always reevaluating yeah. their lives. So it's like perfect. Let's you know, let's inspire people. So so let's talk of some of those tips because I I find this a really fascinating subject, just because. It brings us back into awareness that we need to really get educated. We need to be proactive. We need to put, like, connect all the dots, right? Uh, yeah. You know, dementia, while dementia may be a mystery in the medical profession, I'm sure in your world and in my world, as we look at histories and what's going on with the person, it's not that big a mystery. We could see things that have been yeah. contributing to this over a period yeah. of time, right? So yes. this is so this that's why this conversation, your work is so important because at any point along the journey, if a person is willing to get this kind of knowledge, they have the potential to change the direction of what's happening with their health and especially their exactly you know, you know, their brain health. Exactly. And that's such an important point that it's along the road. I mean, so many people wait until they have memory loss. And the pathology that leads to memory loss, the changes in your brain start 10 to 40 years before your first memory flip. So if you're noticing issues, that means the brain changes have been going on for decades and you're already pretty advanced in the process. So it should be this huge red flag emergency, take action now, it's already late. But usually people wait and wait and wait. And there are things that can help at any stage. But I so agree with what you're saying. Starting earlier and having that lifestyle is much better because this is not something that is developing at the moment that you're seeing the issue. It has to go on for a long time. So that's why we need to talk about your brain healthy tips because there are these strategies and we'll talk about nutrition and let's talk about also the products that you formulated based on your research. But let's start with some of the healthy brain tips, some of the strategies and and awarenesses that people can have of what can potentially generate impairment of your brain functioning. Yes. Okay. So one of them that um, many people are not aware of is that sugar is essentially toxic to our brains. 
Our brains were not designed to handle high levels of blood sugar. And um, eating sugar on a regular basis can actually damage the neurons. It contributes to having neuroinflammation, inflammation going on in the brain. And it, it reduces the number of new neurons. It reduces the blood flow to the brain and um, can actually result in shrinking of your brain. There's... Um, Studies using MRIs, brain scans, that showed that prolonged sugar intake actually shrinks the size of your brain. And one of the best ways to avoid sugar is to avoid sugar because sugar is highly addictive. Some studies have shown that it's more addictive than cocaine. So when you eat some sugar, you get into the ups and downs in your blood sugar levels where your blood sugar peaks, but then later it drops. And when your blood sugar level is low, you get hungry and irritable and tired and you crave more sugar. So starting to eat the sugar is one of the things that makes it almost not our fault when we want more sugar because that addiction is very real. And, and when you talk about sugar, Susan, are you talking about the refined cane sugar? Are you talking about honey? Are you talking about carbs? Yeah. When when we say sugar, what 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 have you found to be the most risk-promoting types? Of sugar well the the refined sugar is by far the worst, and the the sugar um, high fructose corn syrup um, that has the highest what we call glycemic index, which means it, it turns quickly into sugar in your bloodstream and is going to give you those peaks and valleys in your your blood sugar levels. Any kind of sugar is going to impact this, but the things that have the highest glycemic index that turn into sugar in your blood the fastest are the worst. So carbs absolutely turn into sugar. Processed food usually has a lot of sugar and um, turns into high blood sugar levels. But even fruit, Fruit is wonderful, it's naturally occurring, but many of the fruits have a high glycemic index. So um, we're certainly not saying that fruit is bad, but, but fruit will impact what's going on with your blood sugar levels. It's not nearly as much a problem as uh, eating a candy bar or um, the uh, you know, donuts and, and sugary foods. But the amount of sugar and, again, the type of food and how quickly it turns into blood sugar and how much it impacts your, increases your blood sugar level is really the key issue here. You don't want to have high blood sugar levels on an ongoing basis. Um, that's really the risk. They actually, in the scientific literature, they refer to Alzheimer's disease as diabetes 3 or diabetes mm -hmm. of the brain. 
So the things that you learn for how to manage your diabetes, all of that applies here because it's the same thing. It's due to having those um, high mm-hmm. levels of sugar in your blood on a regular basis. And, and that and that causes inflammation in the brain. Is that what's occurring yeah. when you have that and that type? I think it's really important to, to emphasize that it's now acknowledged as type three diabetes, right? So yes. this is how this this problem we have of um, impaired insulin regulation because we're overwhelming the system with um, exactly either sugar or or other things. I mean, EMFs can alter your insulin levels. I'm sure some medications off, off, uh, alter your insulin levels. So um, this is such a key piece for people to learn about. Yes, and it, it doesn't take a lot. Um, one story showed that high blood sugar levels for one week led to deficits on memory tests. And then switch to low sugar diets, the memory returned. Um, so it was reversible, but it doesn't take a lot to have um, a negative impact. Yeah. And it it isn't just the immediate. It, eating sugar really changes your satiety and what you want to eat. There was one survey where they compared sugar eaters to non-sugar eaters and asked them if they were craving sugar and wanted to eat food. And interestingly, those that ate sugar regularly were still craving sugar when they were stuffed. They just finished eating a meal. They were completely full. It didn't change their craving. And um, so... It, it really does um, impact the way you want to eat. You get into these cycles. Um, so the more that you can keep your blood sugar under control by eating those lower sugar foods, uh, it helps on, on many different fronts and especially with your memory. I mean, you even see when you give a candy bar to a kid that it impacts their ability to concentrate and focus. So there's short-term effects as well as the longer-term effects. Okay, great. All right. I think we made that point really well. (laughs) So give us another one of your brain-healthy tips. Well, eating lots of vegetables is um, really helpful. And this helps even once folks have developed dementia and when they're more progressed in the memory loss. Vegetables are rich in fiber and they have tons of good nutrients. They also help reduce the inflammation and oxidation or free radicals that are the terrain in the brain in which the memory loss develops. They're good for helping to get rid of toxins. They help the gut-brain connection that you referred to earlier. Um, And to really make a difference, uh, the ideal recommendation is to eat five servings of vegetables a day. There are 
uh, dozens of studies that have shown that the elderly folks, if they're eating that many servings, um, it actually improved mortality. They were less likely to die. They had better um, brain tests and less dementia. So, and it, it has pretty profound impact on your dementia risk. And the, again, this is kind of like the exercise, the more the better. Uh, do we need to make further distinctions when we talk about that in terms of um, organic as opposed to uh, commercial and heavily pesticided and sprayed vegetables? Well, so there, a buildup of toxins is um, one of the main causes, especially for early onset dementia, because this is not you don't have enough time to be developing the age-related, the toxins are actually triggering things. So, so yes, organic will help to reduce some of the toxins, but in terms of the vegetables, again, you want the healthy leafy ones, especially leafy greens. The vegetables that have a high glycemic load, like potatoes and corn, um, don't really count in your they're more like a starch or a carbohydrate they don't count as much in your um in your servings and it, even sweet potatoes are better than regular potatoes but they still are have a relatively high glycemic index where they're they're turning into sugar so um yeah the the leafy greens you know, the green beans and asparagus and beets and broccoli. I mean, there's there's also, there's like almost 100 different vegetables. You can get a lot of variety and um, interest in your diet, different flavors, different colors. You can try Chinese vegetables, I mean, and, and get some different nutrients that you aren't as accustomed to getting in your diet. But yeah, this is any of the um, the leafy green vegetables. Anything that's not, again, a high glycemic index. Okay, great. Let's talk about nutritional support because I know you've done all this research to formulate a really great memory product. Let's talk about what you have found and what are the key components of of this formula. I think that is really important to share with people. Sure. So, again, I looked for the natural ingredients that had the most scientific evidence that they helped with cognition and memory. And uh, Vivalor Memory Support is by far the most comprehensive memory support product. It has five to 20 times more ingredients. So we're trying to use these healthy, natural ingredients, but use enough of them to really make a difference. So Bacopa munieri um, is an aquatic plant that has shown improvement in memory and processing speed. It actually has shown in some studies improvements in learning and intelligence. Who doesn't want to improve their intelligence? And just to give a reference to the 
amount of data that's available for some of these supplements. There's 289 studies on Bacopa, and nine of them are double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled studies. So this is the highest level of evidence that you can generate. So just as a relative comparison, in order to get a product approved as a prescription drug, they need two of these studies that are the highest level of evidence. If it's a prescription drug for a small population, an orphan population, you only need one. So the fact that Bacopa has nine of these studies showing improvements in various aspects of, of cognition just helps you to see that there's, there's quite a bit of data here. Uh, Many people are familiar with curcumin. It's what gives curry its yellow color, and curcumin has a long list of different medical benefits, um, helping mood as well as different aspects of cognition. It helps with attention and alertness and accuracy and math. Really, the Achilles heel of curcumin is that our body only absorbs less than 1% of native curcumin. So Vivalor Memory Support has a patented branded curcumin that's 185 times more bioavailable than native curcumin. So we have the most effective curcumin of any product on the market. Uh, we also have a lot of DHA. So DHA is an omega-3 which you typically get from fish, from fish oil, DHA is actually naturally occurring in our brains. We're, our, our brains are 60% fat or oil, and DHA is the largest oil. But after age 20, we start losing, our levels start declining. And you can't make any more DHA, so you have to consume it. That's why the CDC recommends that you eat two to three healthy fish meals uh, a week. And I have seen experts write books saying that they think that 99% of people are deficient in DHA. It is very clear that low levels of DHA are heavily cord uh, correlated with dementia and Alzheimer's disease. And some studies have shown that the higher the blood level, the better people did on cognitive tests, so a, a dose-related type effect. And um, DHA also helps with energy and vitality and stamina. And we have more DHA in Vivalor Memory Support than 97% of the DHA products that are out mm -hmm. there. So these key ingredients are, are important. And usually we say it's best to get your nutrients from your food. One challenge with the omega-3 fish oils is that much of our fish supply has mercury in it. And having mercury and heavy metal toxicities is a big problem. And again, another contributor, especially to early onset dementia. So you don't want to get that mercury. So Vivalor Memory Supports allows you to have these high levels of DHA, giving you 2,000 milligrams of this pure premium DHA a day. 
and yet we test to ensure that there's no mercury, no contaminants. So um, some people who are even taking an omega-3 supplement, usually they're getting about 200 to 250 milligrams of DHA in it. So even those taking omega-3s, this is 10 times what most people taking a supplement would get. Um, pine bark extract is another great supplement. It's um, shown improvements in 15 different aspects of cognition and helps with response time and short-term memory. Lion's mane mushroom is one that's been around for thousands of years and helps with visual processing. They looked at 14 different aspects of cognition in one study, and it improved all 14 different domains in patients who had some um, cognitive impairment. So we have 10 different ingredients that all have evidence that they both help with addressing the terrain. So these are the most powerful anti-inflammatory and antioxidant agents. They all have data that they help with your blood sugars levels and insulin sensitivity, and they help with your blood lipid profile. So they're helping with the issues that are the terrain in which memory loss is developing, and they have data showing that they also help with the cognition and memory and attention itself. And, of course, it's made in the United States. It's um, premium quality. All the ingredients are generally regarded as safe by the FDA, and it's made in FDA-approved good manufacturing practices certified facility. So, again, we're trying to use it, – it's a little hard to explain how there, – there's nothing else like it. There are other products that have a little bit of this or a little bit of that, but we're really using um, – this is a mega supplement, using lots of these brain-healthy nutrients to, to try and really make a difference. And we've had some amazing testimonials. One customer, Dr. Richard Johnson, wrote three books about how his life was changed by taking or memory support. And, in fact, his um, – most recent book is titled, I Feel 15 Years Younger, 50 Ways My Life Was Measurably Enhanced by Vivalor Memory Support. And he goes through 50 aspects of his performance and his cognition and says, okay, well, here's how I was before starting and here's how I am now. I didn't even know there were 50 aspects of my life to measure. Um, he's very aware. Um, but so anyway, it's rewarding. That's that's what we're here for is to help people and make a difference. So it's really rewarding when um, we see folks like Dr. Johnson. He's not part of the company. He's not paid by the company. He <laughs> suggested to me that he write the books. Um, he, these are completely independent, which I've never heard of somebody writing books about a product before, but certainly a blessing to us that he's done that. Yes, quite an acknowledgement. When I looked on the website of your product, you um, the, this product is, you have so much in it, I guess that's why. It's actually sold in two bottles. Yeah, <laughs> like you need to take yes. the yellow and the white one. Let's talk about that. You know, you, <laughs> I haven't ever seen that before. But talk about 
what strategy you created to fit all these nutrients in and the um, potency that you wanted <laughs> and why it had to be in two bottles. Yes, well, that is the the volume again. This is a mega supplement. The volume of the nutrients that you're getting uh, required two bottles. We also have um, the gold soft gels are the liquid or oil-based ingredients, and the white capsules are the dry ingredients. And it certainly helps with shelf life, keeping them separate. But we have um, we have so many ingredients in them. It does involve taking a few pills, but if that's what it takes to have a sharp memory and the energy and um, feeling good, like you'll see in the testimonials, many of the people notice changes within the first month with um, improvements in their mood and energy as well as um, improvements in short-term memory, long-term memory, brain fog, word recall, name recall, um, doing math in your head. Those are all kind of the uh, different quotes from uh, different customers that you'll find in the testimonials. But yes, it is two bottles because, again, we're we're trying to use enough of these natural, healthy ingredients that do no harm, but we're really trying to make a difference. You know, when I uh, you know hear about all the ingredients and looked at the site and saw what you had in there, uh, you know, it's um, what what comes to mind. Memory memory is enhanced by taking this formula, but actually, it's because everything you put in this formula is enhancing the body's ability to heal, repair, and regenerate. And the brain shows those, you know, those benefits. But it's happening throughout the body. You have all these powerful nutrients to regenerate the body, to manage inflammation, free radicals, to, you know, repair DNA. So I would actually venture to say that people who have been on these formulas have improved their overall health, not and, and memory yes. being a symptom yes. of compromised yes. functioning, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's right. That's right. And it's not anything new to use these nat- natural nutrients. Actually, 25% of all prescription drugs came from natural sources originally and 50% of all oncology products. So these are the things, you're right, that were designed for overall health, yes. for your brain and for your body. Exactly. And, and, and Susan, isn't it a fact that there really isn't any medication that can successfully reverse um, any stage of dementia? They may be able to hold you at a certain place, but not really heal it and reverse it. And that's, you know, I don't think there ever will be because it requires... Yeah these key nutrients that built our body, <laughs> that our body knows yes. how to use, that do not have any side effects, that are not yes. far right. to the body. That's that really right. is the key, right? That's right. That's exactly right. And the the prescription drugs that are approved, you're exactly right. They do not do anything to slow your cognitive decline. And folks on the drugs are still declining. They're just declining at a slightly slower rate on the drugs than off. And when they go off the drugs, they go back to the old trajectory. 
So, um, yes, I, I agree. And the, nothing's the changed, natural, right? That's right. And, and there's side effects changed. and, yeah. 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 So okay, the well, natural way, you're right. I, I just want to, I don't want to cut you short because we're coming to the end of the show, Susan. This has been such an interesting conversation. So uh, let's direct people to where they can learn more. Um, uh, one of your websites is memorywellnessacademy.com. And where would you, and then the there's also a website, right, for Vivalor, yes. which is V-I-V-O-L-O-R.com, I believe. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Right, V-I-V-O-L-O-R.com. Vivo is means living, and lore is from flora because living plants are what it's made of. And so you can find the supplement on vivolore.com and our education on the things that you can do from a natural lifestyle standpoint are on memorywellnessacademy.com. That's great. You know, um, I trust that... If people are worried about memory loss or know somebody, that this is the great show to have them listen to and to check out the Vivalor um, product, Vivalor memory support. <laughs> I, I think mm-hmm. you put together such an exceptional formulation, and uh, you know what a what a blessing to have these you know these types of products available to help people who really needed to. Uh, find the solution that they're looking for. So thank you for all the hard work that you obviously put into this, Susan, and your passion to really support people on their journey to brain wellness. <laughs> it's uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Selman. It's been my pleasure. And to all of you listening, thank you for joining me again on the What Women Must Know show. I trust you'll be joining me again every week. And Until next week, always honor the wisdom of your feminine self. Bye for now. Mm